Hey, good morning, guys. It's Friday morning, and we are uh, got a show for you. Alabama Birmingham Blazers are coming to town, and uh, it's not your typical uh, out of conference, you know, cupcake. This is a this is a very good defensive team. Uh, Graham, first thoughts before we jump into anything? Uh, yeah, exactly what you said. Not your typical G five opponent. UAB's one of the best programs in the group of five uh they've won a conference championship and played for a conference championship the last two seasons Uh, um last year they had a really good team that didn't get to kind of finish out the season due to some COVID issues but when they did play they played very very well and they're well coached bill clark is a good coach and their assignment sound and it's going to be a legitimate challenge for georgia on saturday yeah, they, they shut out Jacksonville State in one of the first games of the season last week and picked up sort of where they left off defensively. I'm going to show you. Uh, these. This is just one game, obviously a small sample size, but you can see uh, they had a negative EPA and, and really low yards per play and extremely low success rate. I mean, obviously this is not opponent adjusted because clearly that Georgia defense against Clemson has better stats all the way around and they were not playing Jacksonville State. So that that – Gives you, but it's all relative, you know. They they stuffed, sure. they stuffed yeah. Jacksonville State. And next graphic here, you know, here's our offensive play. You can see that they actually had a really good offensive game. Uh, I was reading Bill Connolly, you know, sort of kind of describes the, the Blazers. They've never really been that good offensively. Uh, and never since they've returned to football in 2017, I think they've never been in the top, barely in the top hundred of, of SP plus. Uh, but, they, but they had a good game against uh, Jacksonville State and, um, you know, 8.5 yards per play and a 55% success rate. We, you, we've we got some plays. We'll show you and some of what they did really well. Um, and the, let's see here. And then here's their rush offense. Not great. <laughs> uh, a decent success rate, uh, but not a good yards per play and a negative BPA on 35 rushes. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I mean Georgia was bottled up too, but again, these are this is not opponent adjusted, and I suspect that uh, that they're going to have a hard time running the ball on Georgia, and I expect our running game to have some success because we're going to look at the here's their pass offense. They obviously had a great game. They've got a, a senior uh, quarterback, and they, I think I read they've got six or seven super seniors too. So they do. Sure. Yeah, yeah, they got a lot of COVID seniors. You, you can see every, what everyone was talking about in, in some saying it was part of the game plan to get that ball out of JT's hands, but you can see a super low yards per play on, on uh, the passing offense and a pretty, yeah. pretty pedestrian, pretty actually, no, a bad success rate on uh, pass offense. I mean, one thing I will say about their pass offense, and we're going to get into some plays, but they did have some pretty substantial yardage off of like little jet sweep passes where the quarterback literally just like, dropped the ball into the hands of the wide receiver as he was running by with, and that stuff counts as passing yards. Yeah. But like, I didn't see a ton of downfield kind of picking apart defense. Like these, these numbers may be a little bit misleading. Oh, for sure. Again, it's small sample. It just kind of just, it, it does show you they they when they when they play an opponent that they can beat they they do things well and I think it's a different matchup obviously the, the line's down to 25 or 20, 24, 25 right now it opened at tw- close to twenty eight uh, when you know before the JT news broke mm-hmm. um, they had a good rush defense I, I mean again I, I think I, I think Georgia's may not you know have their full offense um, ready to go but I, I suspect they're going to have a successful offensive game. 
and uh, here's their defensive explosiveness. You can, I just this is about Georgia. I mean, Georgia only gave up 16 successful plays and a negative. <laughs> I mean, it's just like it, you know, twelve and is, a half percent success rate. Jesus, yeah, yeah. Uh, that maybe that, that should anyway. Yeah, it was, but that negative three point. 04 on their name. I mean, they basically had that one pass play for 40 yards, I think, and yeah. everything else was was pretty bad. So, I mean, again, I mean, we the Georgia offense was was all the talk of uh, of the of the games last week. So, it just again, this is some of the stuff that we track and follow, and it really shows you how good a defense we had on on Saturday. 100. So, right. let's talk about the elephant in the room, huh? Uh, yeah. News leaked out of Athens earlier this week that. JT Daniels has some sort of core muscle injury. Um, some some outlets have re- reported that to be an abdominal strain, but he is questionable for Saturday, and there's a lot of uh, insiders that are kind of speculating we'll see Carson Beck finally. So, what I mean, what's your initial reaction to that? I was, I mean, you and I talked about it. I was pretty upset um, just knowing that it just <laughs> yeah, felt like you were. It just felt like it felt like one of these like it just, what I don't if it lingers into October is what I what I fear. I, I mean I feel like by by mid October I'd like to see our offense at its full potential, and I just think that you know we talked about you know JT was difference maker for this this Georgia team, and you know lo and behold he was he was limited on Saturday. Uh, they got the win, which is you know awesome. It was one of the best wins of of the last 15, 20 years, I would think. And, um, but I, yeah, I, I want to see him get healthy. I want some, definitely some positive news. And if he plays at all on Saturday, that's fantastic. He may not, but you know, if, if we're, if he makes a trip to Nashville, uh, I'll, I'll be, I'll be rested a lot easier. Yeah. I hear you, man. I mean, I, I don't know how the next few weeks are going to look. Um, we're showing some Carson Beck plays here. Did you want to break these down? I just kind of rolled them. Well, I do want to say that a lot of these guys that he was throwing to in the G-Day game was kind of the second group of receivers with Darnell Washington mixed in. And I have no idea if Darnell's playing on Saturday or not, but point being, like, Brock Bowers right there and Jalen Johnson was catching one of those passes. Like, he's been working with the group of receivers that we saw Georgia play last week for the last couple of years on the scout team, you know? So I think for Beck, we're going to see a guy who maybe has better chemistry with these receivers than we saw from JT last week, just because he's played with them a lot more. Yeah. And he's playing against a good defense and even second team reps, uh, you know, or scout team reps or whatever. He's playing against a good defense. So, yeah. uh, I mean, you saw what Channing Tindall and some of those guys did when they rotated in last week that are, technically second stringers on the Georgia defense like those guys can play they're they're four and five stars too so um here's UAB's defense and before we kind of get in the defense I would say as we mentioned UAB probably the best team in conference USA I want to stress that of the like of this stretch in the schedule coming up here of South Carolina Vanderbilt UAB they're by far the best team Georgia is going to face in that time um they're not a conference opponent, but there's a couple conference opponents this year that are really, really bad. So just because they're not an SEC team, don't discount them. They're deep. They're senior laden. They've got super seniors, like you mentioned, due to the COVID rules. And they've been into SEC stadiums a lot before. I mean, 2003, uh, they came to Athens, and that game was 16-13, to 13, and Georgia barely pulled that out of the fire 
back in the Rick days. So not to and be overlooked. They played in 2019 at Tennessee as well. Um, I, I think I, I remember specifically because Marler was talking about it in his podcast. He got suckered into betting on Alabama for him to cover. But uh, And I think it was a closer game, and then Tennessee pulled away in the second half. But, uh, yeah, they like you said, they played in some big stadiums. And I was reading up yeah. a little bit on them. And, yeah, and it's good for their program. Obviously, this is why these games are scheduled. It's good for their program. And they're excited to play. They're, you yeah. know, this is a, this is their probably biggest game of the year until, you know, a bowl game or a Conference USA championship game for sure. Totally. I mean, Kirby said it this week. Uh, I pulled a quote from his press conference. He said, we're playing a good football team. And I know none of y'all believe me when I say that. But I know a good <laughs> football team. I know a good conference. And I know a well-coached football team when I see one. And he's not really ever been one to do the Lou Holtz routine where he, like, hypes up the opponents like they're the 85 Bears or the 72 Dolphins. So I, I think that that's a legit statement. And just from watching their film and breaking it down, I think we both believe that as well about UAB. All right, well, let's get into this. I mean, we only have the, the Jacksonville state game, but I think it'll show us a lot. It'll show you who, who the players have got and some of their, their tendencies. And uh, let's get into it. Yeah. So they played 34 guys last week. They're deep. They run four down linemen and they look organized at all times. Um, their safety is good and he will, replays quickly that's that's him coming over there but uh so yeah bet can't be floating lazy balls down the middle and their linebackers run well to the sideline um yeah they definitely i mean i think the jacksonville didn't have a lot of downfield threats so they were able to play up and but they executed well and they tackled really well we'll show you some pff grades yeah to, to that point i mean that dn does a good job sitting on things and forcing the pitch there it's good it's good coaching it's well disciplined and you're going to see right here another play where you just see good speed and anticipation coming off that edge and blowing that play up. So they didn't have any sacks last week, but they did get a lot of penetration. The Jacksonville State quarterback's pretty mobile, and probably if he wasn't as mobile, you would have seen some some bigger havoc plays. Um, one weakness I found with them is – the DB at the top of the screen there, number eight, is a guy named TD Marshall. Great name, TD Marshall. <laughs> but uh, he can be had a little bit when he runs back into coverage. He gets his back turned a lot. You saw there, kind of lost on the play. And he's not really backpedaling on a lot of these. He's turning his back to the quarterback and running. So I think that's, that's good... an area where Georgia can get some plays on him. That's a great observation. I mean, and, and that's something that, you know, if we picked it up, I'm sure, you know, Monken did. So I sure. Think yeah, totally. Be, we'll be throwing it at number eight. Yeah. And, you know, this is one of those kind of plays coming across the, like, they do a good job. Their assignment sign, their assignment sound, and that RPO concept that we just showed there, like, he did a very good job of sitting there and waiting and not biting on on the fake handoff. Um, they, they did get gashed a little bit last week on the, in the running game by Jacksonville state. It wasn't consistently enough for Jacksonville state to, to win this game. And they got down and had to pass a lot here. Can we pause right, here for we, a second? Yeah. We just, here comes the Alabama defense. So we'll, uh, we'll hold on here. Yep. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I think Saturday is the type of game where, Georgia's offensive line can dominate this game. Um, UAB does have a very good D line. They 
It is true that they had a D lineman who transferred to Auburn because he wasn't getting very many snaps and he played a lot of snaps for Auburn last week. So there is talent there, but Georgia can still handle that, that D line and road grade. And especially I think on the outsides, like we saw towards the end of the Clemson game where they got those guys pulling and, and creating some outside run lanes, Zeus and Milton and all of those guys could have a lot of success. Yeah, here's um, – oh, yeah, that's our defense. Sorry. So, yeah, I, I pulled this just to, like, break, like to kind of show – Georgia played an all-time good defensive game last week, and you can see how those guys graded out from PFF. You see lots of 80s and high 70s, and then this is UAB, and they played an FCS team. So, like we said, we're not – this isn't opponent-adjusted, but – Grade by grade, if you go down that list, it looks very similar to what you saw from Georgia's defense. So just they're coming off a really good defensive performance, and they've already shown the season that they're they're well coached and they know what's going on and they're they're in the right places at the right times. Yeah, this is I, think, I, I sorted this by snap count. Uh so you can see who played who's on the field the most. Uh, nice. and, and I was actually surprised at how few, you know, like Jordan Davis has only had according to PFF, 28 snaps on defense. So, uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, I mean, I know those guys don't play. You know, they've got, you know, specifics, but I, I found that pretty interesting and stuff. Right. And, I mean, one other thing I'll put in there about UAB's defense is just their 2020 national ranks. And, again, their schedule was pretty weak because of COVID, but they were seventh in passing yards allowed, seventh in total defense, and seventh in third down defense. So, basically all of that unit – came back and they look they look good again yeah i've said it a couple of times their their 2020 defensive success rate was uh, like 36 percent. i mean they played well let's check out the offense all right let's do it so their quarterback tyler johnson the third um fifth year senior went 17 for 21 for 320 and two touchdowns last week but jacksonville state gave him a lot of easy throws uh they tried some deep shots like that and if they get a guy that open against Georgia, they have to make that catch and make that throw to, to I think, have a shot of, of winning this game or staying in this game and keeping it tight. He had another kind of bomb play, which I think this is it right here, where had the guy open and missed a little bit. So I don't know that he's – Oh, wait, he's that's Yeah, that's a little, you know, where he scrapped and, and – Scrappy little play got out of the pocket and saved. Yeah, they gave up some pressures last week to Jacksonville State. And I think if I'm a UAB fan, that's what worries me the most. Um, If they're giving up pressures to Jacksonville State, then that Georgia D-line is going to be camped out in the backfield all day. Here's another nice – like, that's a nice throw. There's a lot of space in the middle. I just – I don't think Georgia's secondary is going to give him that kind of time. And then, yeah, watch out for some trickeration, too. Like, that's a double yeah. reverse pass. But what I took out of this is, like, if they're going to tr- – if they had to pull that play out of the playbook against Jacksonville State and burn that onto tape against an FCS team, that probably doesn't well- bode well for their offense in a game against Georgia. Um, looking at their run game, they didn't, they didn't run block super well. I don't think these guys can get four or five yards a pop consistently on Georgia. They barely did that against Jacksonville state. That play right there is a seven yard game, but against Georgia's speed, he he's not getting that corner and coming around that edge. Um, 
again, you know, penetration in the backfield on a third and two, fourth down, they have to punt, couldn't get two yards there. They did run a lot of these little end around pop pass kind of uh, jet sweep actions that I was talking about earlier. And those did count as passes, but they function as run plays. But I, again, like, I feel like the fact that they couldn't, like, just line up and run vanilla stuff on Jacksonville State is a, a bad sign for them in this game. They have some athletic guys, but it's like against a Georgia, he's tackled probably before he gets to that edge. Like, against Georgia, that, that number 12 there that can't catch him is running a 4-4 or a 4-5 and taking him down a couple yards past the line of scrimmage. Um, they also struggled with fumbles last week. They lost two in the run game to Jacksonville State. Uh, fumbles are kind of a luck stat, so I don't want to put too much credence into that, but here's one of them, and just a good job by JSU getting getting a helmet on the ball. So I think that Georgia can shut down that run game and force them to pass, and if they do that, I think they'll get a good pass rush, and if they get that good pass rush – I think you see lots of sacks or some interceptions thrown with Johnson trying to get the ball out and, and being under fire. So, you know, like when you look at this from an advanced stats standpoint and look at what UAB has done the last couple of years and realize they're a very good program, I think this game gets really worrisome. And then when you sit down and watch the tape and compare that to what you just saw from Georgia against Clemson and the athletes that Georgia has running around on both sides of the ball, but particularly on the defensive side of the ball, then it really feels like a mismatch and that upset potential and the fact that Carson Beck is starting and some of these things that I know there's a lot of gnashing of the teeth over right now, all of a sudden don't become that worrisome, at least in my perspective. What do you think? Oh, I don't, I'm not worried about this game at all. Um, I, I think it's a great I, – I, you know, we're still not healthy, and, but I still – I mean, Georgia's so deep and has recruited so well. So, if anything, we get – you know, Beck gets a start, which, uh, you know, he's clearly earned. Uh, and, you know, I'd like to see Marius Mims get in there. I, mean, I just think it's a good opportunity to, you know, build depth. And that stuff matters come November. You know, if you've got guys that have uh, playing time. And, and I, so I'm excited to see what we have. I'd certainly love to see Darnell. I'd love to see a healthy Akiris. Uh, but, you know, I, I still think that Georgia is going to, I'm excited to see Carson Beck actually, you know, uh, yeah. I would, I would have loved, you know, my dream scenario, well, I dream so much, but no, I would have loved to have seen JT play a uh, healthy JT play for, you know, a quarter and a half or two quarters and then let Carson play the second half. So, uh, uh-huh. so yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, we haven't seen Carson Beck throw a pass yet in a real game. So that's exciting because, I mean, there was a lot of reports at times over fall camp that he was outperforming Daniels in some of these scrimmages and looked really good. I think he's got more of the gunslinger mentality. So he's probably a little more turn like prone to turnovers, but he also may be a little more prone to like the, the highlight throw deep down the field. Um, I, I'm under the impression he has the biggest arm of anybody in that room. So that's interesting, especially like with Arian Smith out there. Can we finally find a quarterback that, that won't underthrow Arian Smith when he's running wide open at full <laughs> speed on a go route, which is hard to do. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's, <laughs> he's really fast, but um, like, what do you think this game's going to look like just from a, a scheme standpoint? Do you think that Georgia just like 
grinds the ball and you know runs I think it's twelve good. times. No. no, no, no. I don't think that's all. I think because you know if like I said, if this is a lingering ish, uh, injury to JT, then we need to see what we've got. I suspect mm-hmm. that if I think it'll be a normal pass to run distribution. I think it, I don't think we're going to pull out any of you know their like you talked about with that uh, the trick play that uh, the Blazers ran. I don't think we're sure. going to see any of that, but I do think we're going to see close to a full offensive playbook because I mean again this is an opportunity to see what Carson has and uh, I, you know I, I think it'll be for you know like I think it's going to look totally different offensive plan game plan than Clemson. I think it's going to look much more like what we expected to see. It's just going to be number uh, number five, right? J, uh, Carson's number five instead of number eighteen. So um, 15, 15, 15. All right. Yeah. So no, I mean, I think we're going to, and I, and I think a lot of running backs are going to get touches. I think we're going to see Kenny McIntosh get some, I mean, this is, this is why you have these games to get these, mm-hmm. these reps for these guys. So I think, I, I, I think Georgia's going to cover. And I think Georgia's going to put up some points. I like it. That would be nice. I think I, I have kind of erred towards the side of Georgia's just going to pound the ball and, go run, 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 play action, run, 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 play action for a lot of the week. But the more that I've thought about this, the more that I'm I'm starting to kind of swing over to your side on this because I think the reality is that, yeah, like you said, if Daniels has a lingering issue, you got to figure out what kind of hand you're holding with Beck because you do still have Stetson Bennett on the roster and you probably need to know – which one of those guys you want to put in the game if something happens to Daniels in a, a really big game, you know, where you need a quarterback that can come on and maybe you're you're in a tight game or you're down and you need somebody that can come in and, and lead the offense and be dynamic with their arm. I also think that against Clemson, having some of these starting and more experienced wide receivers out was noticeable and made things more difficult. Against UAB, these starting wide receivers that we're going to see tomorrow are still going to have an athletic advantage over most of the guys in the secondary they're facing and still are going to be able to stretch the field. So I think if you're smart and you're Georgia, you go out, figure out what you have with Carson Beck, but probably even more so you go out and you get these guys on tape making good plays down the field in the passing game and you develop confidence and depth in that wide receiver room. And then as you get Jackson, Burton, Pickens, Washington, whoever else, possibly Gilbert back healthy as the season goes on, you get to December and Alabama's game planning for you. And they have to plan for a, an eight to 10 deep wide receiver room. And that's a nightmare for a defensive coordinator. So I think there's an opportunity here for Georgia to put some stuff on film that will create headaches for opponents down the road and also just strengthen their own, their own room there with the pass catchers to where they have confidence that whoever's rolling out there into the, the route is, is capable of making a big play. Yeah. This game looks so much different than it did the preseason. You know, we all knew that, um, like that was going to be a, a good team that we're going to face. and But it just with the questions that came out from what we played with on Saturday night versus Clemson, it's certainly even that much more interesting. Uh, it is. Know, and, uh, I, I, you know, we have so much talent. And I know we we love Darnell and what he can bring, and we love Kyrus and how 
reliable a wide receiver is and we miss pickings and we want jt but i mean that is that second those, those guys that haven't earned that or haven't gotten that playing time are really really good players and we're fortunate yeah. we're fortunate to i mean some of all of those guys you talked about could be battling if not getting playing time on a lot of sec schools right i mean like brock bowers we saw him ball out saturday night him and beck have chemistry already you could see that was pretty easy to to recognize in the G day game, like those two were finding each other and they had a rapport and Beck put some balls to Bowers and some tight windows that, that Bowers went up and got. So I think Beck will be comfortable tomorrow. Um, I'm excited to see a guy like Justin Robinson, who is six, three, six, four and in the two hundreds and apparently runs like a, a four, four. And he was blocking really well on the outside at times last Saturday night, but we, have yet to see him catch a pass in a Georgia uniform. Same with AD Mitchell, man. I mean, yeah, like hey, we Robinson got... and Mitchell on the outside are our weapons. Sorry, go ahead. Hey. No, I, was, I mean just to combat. I mean, I think, and also it's an opportunity to clean up a lot of things. You know, we saw some issues on the offensive line and some issues with downfield blocking. Uh, shout out to three-year Letterman downfield blocking, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean it's it's a chance to clean that stuff up, and yeah, I, I'm excited to see that. Well, we're, we're Do you have minutes. a score oh, prediction? Uh, I, I, like I said, I think Georgia's going to cover. I, I could see a 34-10, you know, maybe even 34-7 game. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to score much at all. You, you know, as we scrubbed through those plays, you know, they were that was a scoreless game until midway through the second quarter. So yes. it, it's not like that that offense is, you know, like did, they didn't impose their will against Jacksonville State. They wore them down and, and had some big plays in the, in the second half of that game. So I think, like to your point, that this is an outstanding defense, and I think and I think they're going to want to play to a shutout. You know, I really do. Um, or, you you know, so I, I'm I'm t- I'm saying Georgia's going to score some points, and I like 34 to 37, and um, and yeah, uh, 10 or less for uh, UAB. All right, yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I think. We probably see a turnover or two by Georgia that gives UAB a short field and they might get a couple field goals and maybe like a late touchdown with some backups in. So I'm going to go 44 to 13. Uh, and I think that we will have the beginning of a, a quarterback, I won't call it controversy, but a quarterback conversation on Sunday morning. Nice. All right, let's do some housekeeping. Hang on a second. I'm going to grab something. Yeah. All right. So uh, finally, through the supply chain issues, we have acquired hats. We will have FTMF hats on dogstats.com. And also, there you go. So we're going to have those as possibly as early ready to ship next week. So go to dogstats.com. I know a lot of people have been asking about them and stuff. So, um, and also, we've got large bumper stickers, right? These are sweet. Large. Large bumper stickers, and I know that some people are like waiting for their uh, their um, reviews. They're in the mail, and you actually, because you waited, you get one of these too. So shout out to Fletcher, and Bl- Blake, and stuff. And we have these, and also we're shipping next week, hopefully, uh, some Christopher Smith uh, logoed uh, commemorative ten to three Clemson stickers. They're on the website too. Those are eight bucks, and a lot of this uh, revenue and, and prop and um, Profits we're sharing with Chris as part of the uh, the him being an ambassador for our show. We were yeah. obviously I don't even sure I know I talked about it a lot, but I don't even know how much how excited we were for him 
to he's such a great kid and to have such a huge moment in such a huge game was really really special so if you want to support yeah so if you want to support chris and get a sticker to put on your yeti mug or your or on your car or your golf cart uh those will be on the website and shipping next week and i'm excited man we're this is football i think last week i was a little overwhelmed with everything we had going on i know man so was i yeah so, it was a lot this was a great show that you did for us um graham and uh I, you know you've even just a few minutes of play as you can see what they're what we're gonna be playing with so I, I know that people and lots of great comments on youtube please uh keep those comments coming we love to hear what you guys think about our show even the even the uh stuff we need to know like our audio sucks uh, we appreciate that and um, <laughs> yeah totally let us know yeah and then please uh, consider um subscribing on on podcasts and leaving us a review there and and all that stuff so go dogs ftmf graham what else you got is it uh thank you guys for for watching we've seen a big uptick in engagement lately um and you guys have been i think like our our best advertising going out there and sharing our stuff and telling your friends about it and giving us credit when we get stuff right and not giving us too much hell when we get stuff wrong. And, uh, just really it's, it's made a lot of the work that we put into this so worthwhile and so rewarding. Just every time we hear from one of you guys, it I think reinvigorates us and makes us feel like we're on the right path. And the amount of views that we're seeing on YouTube and a lot amount of downloads on podcasts is, starting to hit that exponential growth curve and that's really really exciting and so thanks to to you guys the listeners and thanks to you josh for for putting on a great show and uh yeah go dogs man go dogs